All right, guys, and welcome to Joe Trid on America. I'm your host, Don Q. How's everybody doing out there today? It is Thursday, February 17, 2022. Welcome to the show. Today's show is brought to you by Redcon1.com. Guys, I hope and pray that you guys hit the link, went to Redcon this past weekend because you missed a hell of a sale if you didn't. But, you know, I preach this every show. I do two, three shows a week, and I talk about this. You snooze, you lose. 30% off. They were giving a shit ton of stuff away. Uh, just, just, guys, whatever app you're listening to this on, click the link. Go to Redcon. Buy some stuff. Let's get healthy. Let's do this. Come on. Let's hit that gym. All right. A couple things. Um, on, on today's show, what I want to cover, just kind of brief. I'm not going to bore y'all with a shit ton of same old same old to be honest with you it's been a real slow news week uh i guess they they missed the scheduled war in ukraine um that was supposed to be yesterday now i have saw i have saw is that right i've seen <laughs> some uh some stuff on twitter about uh them bombing uh in ukraine Nothing on the news, uh, whether it's Fox, CNN, whatever. So that remains to be seen how true that is. I'm not really stressing that right now. Uh, but th- what I want to cover today, uh, Bob Saget's family is filing a lawsuit against the Osceola Sheriff's Department. Uh, and then a little subject I'm going to call, Don't Keep the Change. And then the Clinton-Baldwin and Russia connection and then, since it's such a slow news day, I figured we'd do a little thing uh, trending on Twitter and see uh, <laughs> see how that goes. All right, guys. Well, a couple of things on a personal note. Um, just wanted to say, you know, sorry about yesterday. Missed the show. Um, had doctor's appointments yesterday. Um, I've, uh, of course, you guys all know about my, my medical history for the most part. Uh, had a couple of MRIs done on my shoulder and uh, so they went over that yesterday, and it, it appears to be that I have a torn rotator cuff. So I will be going out for certain. No, I'm joking, because I'm a man. I don't need surgery. No, they, the doctor said, uh, you know, she showed, showed us the, uh, the MRI, and she's like, can you see this white line here? You see this break? Yeah, it's your torn <laughs> rotator cuff. She goes, but you obviously have a high sense of, you know, tolerance for pain, so is it bothering you? You know, and she made me do all these different hand movements and whatnot, and it really only bothered me in certain positions. Um, and I've pretty much stopped doing shoulder presses at the gym, so that was really what was aggravating it the most. Um, she says it looks good. The swelling's gone down. And uh, that she didn't feel a need for surgery just to keep rehabbing it, and uh, everything's going to be good. But nonetheless, got home late from the doctor, and it was kind of why we had to do a little running around. My wife was off, and by the time we got doing everything, it was like 3 o'clock. And for those of you that know me, I go to bed at like 4 or 5 because I get up at 11. At any rate, enough about me. Let's talk about me. Oh, I mean, let's talk about Bob Saget's family. Okay. So you guys know that he um, he passed away back in, um, shit, what was it, November, December? Um, 
basically, the speculation that I have, I, I, I'm sorry, I said it was Osceola County, it was Orange County, but nonetheless, it's still that over that way in Orlando. He, um, so we all know he died, uh, supposedly hit his head. We don't really know all the details. They're, they're blocking to the release of the records connected to the investigation of the actor's death. Uh, court documents obtained by USA Today revealed that Saget's wife and daughters filed a lawsuit against Orange County Sheriff John Mina and the District 9 Medical Examiner's Office, uh, which had both conducted investigations into Saget's death. The lawsuit reportedly calls on the officials to block the release of any other information concerning the Full House actor's death, adding that his family would suffer irreparable harm in the form of extreme mental pain, anguish, and emotional distress should more details about his death be released or uh, disseminated to the public, the news outlet noted. It added that the investigation into Saget's death generated audio recordings, video recordings, and fo uh, photographs, which the suit states graphically depict Mr. Saget's his likeness and, or features or parts of him. Saget's wife and daughters are reportedly seeking a temporary permanent injunction, no temporary and permanent I should say, <laughs> to block the sheriff and the medical examiner from releasing any more information to anyone outside the family. Saget died last month after reportedly suffering head trauma. He was found unresponsive at the Ritz-Carlton in Orlando and pronounced dead at the scene. Okay, now, here's my thing. And uh, I don't know if they've, if anything's been updated with this, to be honest with you. Um, the thing that I find interesting is we... Um, my speculation was okay. So there was a he did a um, he did a uh, well. I mean, maybe it was Instagram post prior to his death, um, a couple weeks prior. And I don't know if he was if it was a post he was doing an interview, whatever it was. But he was talking about how he, how he was boosted or you know double vaxxed and boosted and all the nine you know everything. And you guys know our speculation of that stuff uh, is that. I've said it time and time again, I'm not trying to get into a whole COVID talk, even though I haven't, I've been pretty good. I haven't really dwelled on COVID lately, but nonetheless, um, it's not a one size, one shot fits all, uh, situation, right? Um, <laughs> the, um, I'm sorry, I'm just reading stuff here. <laughs> so my speculation is, okay, so if he's double vaxxed, boosted did he pass out did he uh did something happen that we're unaware of um you know it was shortly i think shortly before he had passed passed away you had betty white that passed away of course also she was just missed her 100th birthday so she was like a couple of weeks shy of her 100th birthday um had a stroke prior to her dying and then died shortly you know a couple of weeks after um, also vaxxed and boosted. Um, I don't know if you guys, if I think I talked about it briefly, but I did a post on, uh, on the ticker talk. I'm not, I, I don't post a lot on there, obviously, but I did a post of a comedian, Heather McDonald, and I don't remember if we talked about it, if I played it, I'm going to play the clip real quick and then we'll get back to Bob Saget and I'll kind of continue with, 
with my uh, thoughts. Now, this I posted on TikTok. You can go to Don't Tread on America on TikTok if you guys want to watch this. It actually went somewhat viral. I had about 1,000 views, uh, 50 comments. Of course, I was called a white supremacist and all this shit. I don't know what anything about me posting this video has anything to do with being a white supremacist or, or not, but... Nonetheless, uh, just check this out here. You, obviously, you can't see it, but just listen to what she has to say, and then I'll explain to you what happens at the end. Double-vaxxed, booster, flu shot, and I'm going to be honest, I have the shingle shot, too. And I still get my period. What? Yes! Traveled, went to Mexico twice, did shows, meet and greets, never got COVID. Clearly, Jesus loves me the most. Seriously. So nice. So nice. Uh. Okay, now, right there, she passes out. She's out. So, I don't know if you could really tell in the audio. You probably can. Obviously, you're not watching it. But she's not moving around. She's kind of standing there saying what she says. Very breathy. <laughs> you know, she's very breathy, like she's running out of breath. And then she says, obviously, clearly Jesus loves me. And then we threw the lightning bolt in there and then she <laughs> drops down, right? Now, she didn't die, fortunately. She um, did crack her skull, fractured her skull. Fortunately, I guess, for her sake, she was in an audience of people and, uh, you know, there was, there, you know, nonetheless, wasn't in a hotel room by herself is what I'm saying. Because my theory is this. Did Bob Saget pass out from COVID, not COVID, but uh, vaccine-related death? And if so, like he passed out, did he hit his head on a coffee table or a dresser or whatever, end table? Because we know, we know for a fact he died from blunt force trauma to the head. Now, that could be anything. It could have been a baseball bat to the head. I, I don't know. I'm looking on Twitter. The, the judge did temporarily block the release of his record, death records. Um, but someone posts, why is Bob Saget's family trying to hide that? Now it appears he was beaten to death by a baseball bat. I, I don't know that that's true. Because I think they also said initially when it was when it was um, when it was first released that there was no foul play. So you would think someone gets hit with a baseball bat to death, there would be some obvious signs other than the death. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if <laughs> if you beat someone with a baseball bat. I've never done that. I've beaten. I had a a possum one time I beat with a baseball bat and it made a pretty good mess, you know, and if you've ever seen Goodfellas, for example, you know, it leaves a pretty good mess. I can't imagine that the sheriffs would have been like, oh, he must have just fallen down. Um, I, I take my opinion for what it's worth. I think he passed out from whether it was from the vaccine. If, I don't know if he was drinking or what. I don't know. Um, hit his head. Woke up, maybe tried to go to bed. When you're, you know, if you have a concussion, you're not supposed to do that. And he died. Um, 
I'm just reading some of the comments. Someone goes, I'm triple vaxxed and have not passed out or fallen down on stage at home or anywhere else. Okay, that's great. I'm sure a lot of people have triple vaxxed and haven't passed out. But I'm sure there's a lot of people that have. The thing is, is this isn't, like I said, uh, this isn't a one-shot fits-all thing. If you have blood pressure issues, whether you have high or low blood pressure, if you have heart issues, if you have these issues, it has come out that this vaccine, quote-unquote, causes some sort of heart issues. Um, If you already have a heart issue, then you're probably not... um, you know, you're probably not helping yourself out. But I can respect the fact that the family doesn't want, you know, the the death uh, investigation released. Um, I, I would think you'd come out with some sort of, unless there was something, you know, sick. You know, if it was like, I'm sure it wasn't, but I'm just speculating. I'm not even speculating. I'm just saying like David uh, Carradine, you know, where he did the hanging self in the closet and played with you know did whatever he did to get off or whatever i don't think i don't think it was anything like that so what are you trying to cover up you know was he doing something he shouldn't have been doing and they found him i don't know um like i would think if 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 he was my dad and nothing uh nefarious was going on then who what does it matter i get the privacy aspect of it and i get all that but um if this was Bob Johnson, not Bob Saget, and the same thing happened, I guarantee you that his stuff would be released. They wouldn't give regards to the family just because this family has probably has a little bit of money. They can get a temporary block from the judge, whatever. I'm just curious. The curious nature in me wants to know, why did Bob Saget pass out? <laughs> but um, at any rate, on to story number two. Um, coin shortage, right? So, for the past, I don't know, year, year and a half, probably, have you guys have? I'm sure you guys have noticed. You go to any store, grocery store, convenience store, Walmart, um, and it's a lot of. Uh, we only accept debit or credit card. We're you know exact change only. Um at the you know the Walmart by my house anyway if you go to the self checkout it's it's debit or credit card only can't even use cash because they don't have the change and it's not so much they don't have like the dollar bills you know change it's the it's the coins the pennies nickels dimes quarters why why is there a coin shortage and this obviously no one's really talking about this like i say if you go to the store you go to your local grocery store or whatever you might see a sign Due to coin shortage, we require or we ask for you to use exact change or your debit or credit card. I'll say this about that. Most people, okay, when I go to the grocery store and or Walmart, most people use a debit card or, you know, I assume debit card. I would never use a credit card to buy groceries, but nonetheless debit card or credit card there's very few people that you see going to the grocery store. i mean you get the you get the occasional 90 year old that wants to scratch off a check in the express lane that doesn't piss me off at all if you can't tell um but even so you, you don't get change right it's very rare that you go grocery shopping 
and or to Walmart and the person, you know, there's people paying in cash. Now, I'm not saying nobody does this, but it's very rare. It's not like it was 10, 20, 30 years ago when it was probably more more accept not acceptable but it's always acceptable as cash but it, you know what I'm saying it's more abundant I guess um my question is this where did all the coins go <laughs> like so this is this is out of nationwide coin and bullion reserve okay so this is just stuff I've looked up I got a couple of different articles to read here so why is there a coin shortage now I don't know when this was written so it it's it was either Last year, or two years ago, or ten years now, it was, it was recent. Amidst the pandemic and the changes in normalcy, one factor that generally has gone unnoticed is COVID's contribu- uh, contribution to the coin shortage in the United States. This is just one long list of ways COVID-19 has subsequent shutdowns and threatened the American economy. Along, uh, alongside the obvious cases like shutdowns that left online shopping, paying, and ordering primary outlet consumer activity for an extended time, the significant reliance on debit and credit cards to avoid the spreading of germs associated with cash and coins caused the United States Mint to reduce its staff. In response to the coin shortage, businesses all over the country have been requesting that patrons pay with cards or exact change, although the United States Mint has since returned to functioning with its full staff. The strength of coin numbers is regaining steam, but it's not back to normal. So before I read on, my question is this. So we had a period of time where the, uh, depending on where you lived, you had a shutdown for a couple of weeks. Some places it went longer. Um, and even like in Florida where it slowly opened back up. So we shut down in March and by the summertime we were open 100%. Um, you still had people being, you still have people now being overly precautious in my opinion. Um, so if, if less people are using cash and coins because, you know, they're dirty and they've got COVID and you're going to die from using them. Other than that, (laughs) why, why would there be a shortage? Okay. So just for layman's terms, I don't know the amount of coinage that's around in this country, but let's just for shits and grins, I'm going to say a billion coins. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot more than that, but let's just say a billion. If there's a billion coins and less people are using coins, there's still a billion coins. So where's why do we have a shortage? And what does it matter if less people are using cash and change? Why is there a shortage? That they're not explaining it. They're giving you the the easy reason. Oh, COVID. I mean, how long have we heard that? I personally am sick and tired of fucking COVID. I'm sick of everything that has to do with COVID. Um, from Masks, no masks. Vaccines, no vaccines. Five vaccines, ten vaccines. It's like a fucking Dr. Seuss book, you know. Uh, one mask, two masks, three masks, four masks. One shot, five shot, two shot, three shot. You know, it's like, it's ridiculous. They, The science shouldn't change, but it constantly changes. And all you hear is excuses. Forget about masks and vaccines and all that shit. You go anywhere you go. Grocery store, Walmart wherever you go oh um we don't have it because of covid we don't have this because of covid coke stopped making certain flavors because of covid pepsi stopped making certain flavors because of covid so (laughs) it's it's an easy excuse it's like everyone's doing it so we're just going to keep doing it 
I don't understand. So when when you get coins, okay, I would assume the issue could be maybe is that people, you know, as I'm sitting here in the DTOM studios, <laughs> as I'm talking, I have a uh, one of those big five, whatever they are, five-gallon water bottle, you know, the, for the water machines. And it's about, I mean, it's not full of change, but it's, I don't know, a quarter of the way full of change, pennies and whatnot. So I, I guess I get it. You see, I don't use a lot of cash. I mean, I'll be honest with you. When I And I haven't, I don't carry cash on me just because, I don't know, you know, how much cash are you going to carry? There's sometimes I might spend $20 and might, sometimes I might spend $200. I don't plan on spending anything. It just kind of happens. So I never would have enough cash or too much cash. You see what I'm saying? So I just don't like carrying cash. It's easier to just use a debit card. But nonetheless, um, when I used to use cash occasionally, yeah, you get, you know, quarterback. You get 50 cents, you know, 82 cents. You Who carries change around? So I guess I get it. But, you know, why aren't the banks, why aren't the Walmarts and whoever asking customers, hey, why don't you bring your change in? Well, let us cash it out for you. Remember, they used to, I don't know if they still have them or not, but sometimes you see them in the grocery stores and, and I think Walmart, and I don't, I can't recall the name of them, but they had these like change machines. You'd dump your change into them and it counted out and it'd say, okay, you got $100 in change. And then they would keep a percentage. I don't know what that percentage was, 10%, whatever it was. So let's say you had $100 in change and you might get 90 bucks. So what, in my opinion, what these companies should do, Walmart and whoever that wants all this change, why don't you turn off the fees for these machines or eat the fees yourself or something? Um, and uh, you would get your change. You would, you would guarantee you'd have a lot of people. There's a lot of people that, you know, I'm not making fun of anybody, but there's a lot of people that need that change. They need to change in that change. And they probably don't take it to these these uh, places to change them in because they don't they can't afford the ten percent or whatever the percentage is. If you're, I would assume, if you're changing in your change, you probably need every penny that you're changing in. You can't afford to pay that fee. So my opinion would be that grocery stores and whatnot that have these change machines in them that they they just take the fees off of them. Now it used to be back in the day you could roll coins and take them to the you know store or whatever and they would change them out that way, um, and they would be petty about it, be like, "Well, we can't take this change unless it's rolled." Um, and I get it. Back back in the day, I mean, there was a time in my life where I used to have to roll change and go you know to Walmart or wherever and and cash it in for you know cash because you know. It is what it is, right? I'm, that's why I don't make fun of people that have to do that because I used to be there. But um, maybe not be so stingy with that and saying instead of making sure it's rolled, we'll just take your change and we're not going to charge you for that. If you bring us $100, you get $100. That's just my opinion, but take it for what it's worth. <sighs> then you can jump into a conspiracy theory as to why there's no change. And this kind of kind of makes sense. I hate to I don't want to make this a conspiracy theory show, <laughs> you know, so this was uh Newsmax Finance. Coin shortage or cashless conspiracy. Um 
First toilet paper, now small change. As seriousness of COVID-19 became clear, Americans stocked up on toilet paper before heading into quarantine, resulting in a shortage that particular product was one of the more peculiar side effects of the pandemic. Now, months later, and perhaps a more serious shortage is at hand. In June, Federal Reserve Chairman, uh, Chairman, Chairman, shit, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell informed the Congress America's coin supply had dwindled due to COVID. <laughs> Since then, the question is, uh, I most often ask is, is the coin shortage real? This is unusually followed by, or is the federal government's sneaky way to get rid of cash and force us to use electronic transitions so the sur uh, surveillance state can monitor us at all time? And this person says the answer is neither. The amount of coins in the economy hasn't changed. It is the flow of those coins that has. Businesses make and receive change that customers pay in cash. Then businesses deposit the coins in their banks. Therefore, worn-out coins are cold, and the rest are wrapped in the rolls, and businesses use them when they run low. Customers throw their coins in. So, I mean, similar to what I was saying. So the conspiracy would be the, the electronic transactions. And I'll say this about that. I mean, me and Chris have had this discussion um, here's the deal. For the most part, any one of us that buy anything, okay, if you buy anything that's of significant cost, okay, TVs, uh, furniture, guns, whatever, right, more than likely, you're not carrying around, if you go to buy a new gun, more than likely, you're not rolling in there with cash, now, the only exception to that rule would be if you're going to, say, a uh, gun show and you want to buy a gun from random guy A that's selling his gun overpriced, which, you know, I believe everyone's entitled to own a, own a weapon, and you should. Uh, I am also under the peculiar suspicion of anybody that wants to pay for a gun. If you don't have your concealed carry and you, and you don't want to wait three days or whatever it is where you live... Um, why do you need a gun that bad? Why all of a sudden when you need a gun that bad that you're willing to play, pay double the price in cash? But nonetheless. So I would say the majority of your purchases, you're making large purchases, you're using a card of some sort, whether it's a debit or a credit card, because you, more, more than likely, you're not rolling around with $1,000 in cash to go to Walmart and buy TV and a, you know, surround sound or Xbox or whatever. You're going to use a credit card or debit card. I'm not saying you don't have the, the money to do, to do that. I know if I was going to go buy whatever and let's say, oh, I just got my, um, my tax refund. I got you know $3,000 tax refund. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and buy me a new TV. Well, you might not know exactly what TV you want, so you're not going to roll in there with X amount of dollars for said TV. You might just make sure that money's in the bank and you're going to use your debit card, whatever. Um, so if they're surveilling your purchases, they're already doing it. The bigger issue is going to be when certain banks and, and whatnot, depending on, especially your large banks, um, start, you go to the gun, sh gun store, for example, and you want to buy a nice new gun. And you know you have the money on your debit card. Or you know you've got plenty of credit limit on your credit card. Right? You go in there and uh, 
Okay, this is the gun I want. You swipe your credit card. It's declined. Well, why is it declined? I've got, you know, $5,000 credit limit on that card. There's no reason. It was only a $500 gun. Well, that would be a situation where the surveillance, surveillance, surveillance state is uh, watching you, and they don't want you to buy that gun. Um, that's a conspiracy theory for another day. Um, we've talked about, like, social credit scores in other countries, and it's coming here, like it or not. The ESG, and did a show on that a while back. If you guys want to listen to it, go through the, the archives, look for social credit score. And America's social credit score is two different shows. And we went into detail on those two different things where purchases of certain things can hurt your credit score. But as far as the coin shortage goes, it's just weird. To me, it's just weird. All of a sudden, it's an easy blame, blame COVID, but now we're out of coins. Okay, the people are out of, you know, the, uh, the Mint folks, they reduce staff, blah, blah, blah. But now they're back to full staff, but now we're out of coins. I don't know. I don't know. Just interesting to me. <laughs> it's like this world seems like you can't look right or left without something peaking your suspicion and thinking that it's a conspiracy. Is it a conspiracy? I don't know. Uh, but more than likely it is. <laughs> All right, so on the last show I did Sunday, we had breaking news, right? And the breaking news was that Hillary Clinton is a crook. Oh, I mean, <laughs> so we had a story I talked about that the uh, Hillary Clinton campaign paid to infiltrate Trump Tower and the White House. So when uh, Trump was running for president, uh, they servers infiltrated service servers, and then and more so, even more egregious is when he was president. They did the same thing for whatever reason other than to maintain a Russian collusion hoax that went for four years, four plus years. Um, and I had made mention on the show that uh, why isn't something like this? Like what what was done by the people involved was obviously a bad thing. But... Uh, Hillary comes out the other day on Twitter and saying that, uh, oh, this is just Fox News and Trump trying to do this to uh, take the heat off of Trump. Okay, this is just more spin. The thing that that <laughs> the thing that kind of really pisses me off. So I, I had that show on Sunday and we talked about. It. I was trying to be first on the on the deal. Obviously, I wasn't first because I got the report from somewhere. But as far as podcasters, I was. I was first to the party. That's right, sugar water. But if you guys recall, so you, I don't know what other podcasts you listen to. If you listen to Tim Pool or uh, Dan Bongino or uh, Poso or whoever you listen to, I would assume it's of, of like minded as this show. And I, I've said it time and time again I'm just a, a dude with a full time job and a part time podcast. I am not by any stretch of the imagination some sort of broadcast genius I'm by no stretch of the imagination some journalistic brainiac okay me and Chris have ideas we have thoughts we do research we find stuff so I did a show back in September September 19th I think it was right around 
the time of um, Michael Sussman being indicted, right? Uh, and I even labeled the show the Sussman Suicide Watch because that was the first indictment from the uh, Durham uh, investigation into all this crap. So you had him, and then a, like a month or so later, you had Ivan Danchenko, and then like this past Friday, you had him file on the Hillary campaign. And, um, well, <laughs> the thing that pisses me off, so when I did that show back in September, we were reading stuff, and I found a bunch of stuff about when we were reading the initial indictment on Sussman, they referred to different entities as uh, Russian Bank One and Investigative uh, Company One and Tech Executive One and Internet Company One and then all these things, right? And I'm like, well, what the fuck does that mean? I mean, you, you obvi- I would assume you have some idea of who these pe- people are, right? So just say them. What the fuck does it matter? Just say them. And so I did research, and I and I found the names. And like I said, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I am like by no stretch of the imagination a uh, a journal journalistic mega man. I I try my best. I do what I can do. And uh, sometimes I'm right. Sometimes I'm wrong. Fortunately, I think I'm right more than I'm wrong. And in doing my research, I came up with a name for Tech Executive One. And that was Rodney Jaffe. Okay? Now, I said this back on September 19th without fear of whatever. If I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, who's going to know about it? It's not like I'm getting thousands of downloads every show. You know, I'm getting about 50 downloads a show, which, you know, whatever. Obviously, I'm not hitting numbers like Rogan or <laughs> anyone else for that. No. I, you know, whatever. Uh, I, not to get into a whole other situation, but I've done research on podcasting, which is keeping me going. And as long as you're getting 26 to 30 downloads in your first week, then you're doing pretty good. So nonetheless, anyway. Um, so I said this name, Rodney Jaffe. Okay? And I also said in the show, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll tell you I'm wrong. And, of course, I figured it would come out a lot sooner if I was right or wrong than, uh, what are we, five months later? But I pulled the clip from that show just, you know, whether this is uh, something good or bad to do, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a podcasting professional. I'm not a uh, radio wizard. But you know what? Sometimes you need a little self-praise. You need a little, uh, hey, you did a pretty good job there, buddy. Um, (laughs) So just uh, for those of you that may not have caught that show, uh, I'm going to play this short clip from um, from the Sussman Suicide Watch show, and where I name where I name names, and uh, under the guise of maybe I'll be wrong and no one will know about it, but you know maybe I'll be right and no one will know about it. So here we are. Okay, so what Hillary and her campaign did was obviously wrong. Whether they put this Sussman up to it, you know, it was a combination of of characters. You had Sussman, you had Carter Page, you had uh, the Steele dossier. And obviously the FBI was involved somehow or another because it's not like he got arrested. You know, that he, tested, he went to the FBI five years or four years ago, five years ago, whatever it was, prior to Trump even being elected. So, yeah, so five years ago. Now 
this is just coming out? What happened to the Mueller report? Why wasn't his name brought up during the Mueller report? Why it wasn't, you know, this isn't like this dude just showed up. He's been involved since pretty much since day one. Another name is Rodney uh, Jaffe. Okay, now this is from, um, this is something I found, and this is off of the Meaning in History substack. And the writer's name is uh, Mark, uh, for, forgive me if I'm pronouncing the name wrong, but it looks like Walk. W-A-U-C-K, so Walk. So his theory is obviously Russian banks, Alpha Bank, law firm one is Perkins Cole. But his, his guess is that techie executive one is Rodney Jaffe, and Internet Company One is New Star, which I had never heard of New Star, so I did some looking up, and they're kind of, back then, they were a relatively big company. No one, they were more of an analytic and uh, security where, uh, firmware type situations. They've since been bought out by bigger companies, so you, you won't hear much about them as a company. But in the, um, in the indictment, it goes on to say, you know, like I said, it doesn't say stuff. It says investigation firm. And, okay, then it goes on to say campaign lawyer. It goes on to say, um, you know, like I said, the uh, exec, uh, tech executive and, and those, those acronyms, whatever. Um, so he alleges that the campaign lawyer was Mark Elias and that the inve- investigative firm is Fusion GPS, which is part of the Steele dossier. See, I did say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so I know it's just a little bit of tooting my own horn, and I'm sure you're not supposed to do that, but you know what? I don't give a shit because I need all the toots I can get. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but where I'm trying to make this connection is this. So when the situation happened in October with Alec Baldwin killing Elena Hutchins, right? It wasn't an accident. He killed her, Okay. So here's where I'm trying to make a connection, okay? And just just bear with me, okay? And I, this is just a little article I found from the We Hate Hillary magazine. No, I'm joking. Um, I, I'm not sure who this is from. Uh, it's a substack. Daniel G is the name, so I don't know what his name actually is, but nonetheless... Anyway, so he writes, does Alec Baldwin shooting have, um, has ties to the Clintons, question mark. So he wrote this. This was shortly after the, uh, the shooting itself. So on Thursday, Alec Baldwin fired a gun on the set of Rust that killed director, or director of photography Helena Hutchins and injured director uh, Joel Souza. Um, Things have been taking an incredibly strange turn after further investigation. So, obviously, this is old, relatively old, and we covered a lot of this on that show. The um, after he was uh, after all this had happened back in October. So, we reported that Helena Hutchins, right, her his uh, her husband works for Latham and Watkins, lawyer in L.A. And Layton, Latham and Watkins represents the Clintons and one Michael Sussman, right, who we were just talking about. But here's another twist, another twist of the plot, right? Helena Hutchins is originally from the Ukraine, grew up on a Soviet military base. I don't know if that has anything to do with anything, 
But the interesting thing is, is all of this stuff is taking place at one time. Okay? You have these indictments. You have the... Um, you have the the situation with Alec Baldwin and Helena Hutchins, which initially when all that happened, you were thinking, oh my God, what a horrible accident. But then as things pro- progressed, now granted, we really haven't heard shit about it in a good month or so for whatever reason. But um, I'm telling you, there's more to this story. I'm going to continue to do some digging. But... Um, I, we did. I did find this. Now I've told you about this gentleman, Technofog, um, has a great Substack and an awesome Twitter. <laughs> so if you are on Twitter, like I've told you this time and time again, follow him. But even if you're not on Twitter, uh, go to the Substack, look up Technofog, because I'm telling you, he puts out a, an article. He doesn't do one every day. It's probably every couple of days, or depending on what's going on. But he he had this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this into the. Uh, the, one of my favorite personal segments of the show. News of the obvious with your host, PCGC. So <laughs> he writes in his uh, Substack the CIA collected info on President Trump. <laughs> Gee, the CIA, right? So one more log, so to speak, to throw on the fire, right? So on Friday, Special Counsel John Durham filed a motion relating to the defense firm's potential conflict of interest on Michael Sussman case. The conflict itself is certainly intriguing, with Sussman's lawyer, Latham Watkins, which Helena, Hutch- husband, Helena Hutchins' husband works for, having represented potential witnesses in the case, including Perkins Coey, former Perkins Coey, and Clinton campaign general counsel Mark Elias, which was another name we named, back in September, that Hillary Clinton campaign and uh, Hillary for America. The issue that made more noise, however, is Durham's disclosure that Rodney Jaffe, another name we mentioned back in September, a contractor with deep ties to the Clintons and what appears to be a deep hatred for Trump had exploited the EOP of the uh, of the President of the United States data and uh, attained from sensitive arrangement with the U.S. government to damage President Trump. Um, Yet the data from the executive office of the president wasn't all that Jaffe had obtained. He also collected domain name systems, internet traffic pertaining to health care provider Trump Tower and Trump Central Park West Apartment. So uh, in the indictment, it says the government's evidence at trial will also establish that among the internet data tech executive one, which we know is Rodney Jaffe. I mean, <laughs> I say we know that he hasn't officially been named, but we know that. And his associates exploited was DNS internet traffic pertaining to a particular healthcare provider, Trump Tower, Donald Trump Central Park West apartment building, and the executive office of the President of the United States. Tech Executive One Employers Internet Company, which I said in the show back in September was Newstar, had come to access and maintain dedicated servers for the EOP as part of a sensitive arrangement whereby it provided DNS resolution service to the EOP. Tech Executive One, i.e. Rodney Jaffe, 
and his associates exploited the arrangement by mining the EOP and DNS traffic and other data for purpose of gathering derogatory information about Donald Trump. So, now I told you Newstar in that show back in September. Newstar was an analytic and um, investigation. You know, it wasn't like an internet company like uh, AOL or uh, Yahoo or uh, Amazon or anything like that. They were more along the lines of security, but they used their that to to gain information and falsify information. I, I'm telling you, this is a this is a. If you ever been to the beach, you try to dig a hole. The sand keeps falling in. The hole's getting bigger and bigger, and we're just at the surface. But yesterday. On uh, February 14th, so this he wrote this a couple days ago. Sussman's attorney disputed the Durham file to an extent that said Sussman's provided the CIA with executive office of the president data from when Barack Obama, Barack Obama was president. I have a theory about this. If Sussman's attorney is telling the truth, then we suspect that the EOP data included that from the 74-day that Trump transition period between November 8th election and January 20th inauguration, which should would still be spying on the incoming Trump administration. For background, the EOP includes a number of executive councils, National Security Council, Office of Management and Budget, etc., that support the president. It It is involved generally in the transition from one president to the next. What about the data involved with the Trump transition? On August 1st of 2016, Trump reached an agreement with the General Service Administration for telecommunications and internet technology service for both pre- and post-election transition period. This is the agreement that uh, Fool Nelson pointed out to me when Joffe's other company, Packet Forensics, has a 2010-25 to contract with the GSA. I wonder if Joffe's company, Newstar, helped the GSA, in the execu- uh, execution of the transition agreement. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure if it matters, as Newstar already had an agreement to provide DNS resolution services to the executive office of the president. Regardless, the transition theory, if we can t- call it that, matches the timeline in the Sussman indictment, which states that Joffe and his team can continue to target Trump-related computer networks in late 16 to early 17, it makes sense in context of Sussman's conduct and Sussman's tried to put the information out there late December 16. So I'm going to post this substack on the show notes so you guys can read it. Um, but the agency that was the CIA, we know that for sure Sussman met with the CIA general counsel. We learned that in January 22. If Sussman is to, be, to be believed there were two other CIA employees at the meeting. In other words, the Clinton-supporting contractor, Joffe, obtained sensitive information, perhaps unlawfully, about the EOP of the uh, President of the United States, Trump, manipulated the information, passed it to the DNC Clinton lawyer, Sussman, who then delivered it to the CIA. All on American soil. Now, anybody that knows anything about a little stuff, the CIA is not allowed to operate on American soil, especially against American citizens. That would be the job of the FBI. So what the fuck was the CIA doing? 
Now, my question is, and I don't think it says anything in here. I'm going to just kind of scan through here. CIA collects information regarding foreign countries and their citizens. FBI is responsible for coordination of clandestine collection of foreign intelligence. Da, da, da. So my question is this. Um, wasn't, um, trying to think, who was the director of the CIA at that moment? Does anybody know the answer to that question? Bueller? Bueller? <laughs> that would have been one John Brennan, who currently works for CNN, right? So the question could be put forward, was John Brennan involved in this? Was the uh, Biden's current... Uh, security, or I'm sorry, uh, director of security, was he involved in this? There's a lot, I mean, because we all know that a lot of people in uh, Biden's administration had some role in Obama's administration. Not all of them, but some of them. And I'm telling you, this this stinks. It stinks real bad. Um, I told you back in September when Sussman was indicted, not a lot of people were talking about that. Because they, it was just kind of some some guy, lawyer for DNC, Clinton campaign. Eh, we'll see what happens. But then, like Ivan Dancheko, and now this. I, I made the comment that you know I don't know Durham from a hill of beans, but he's not going to move quickly through this because he wants to make sure he's dotting his eyes and crossing the t's, right? And kudos to him. Um, and like I said during the Sussman show and during the Ivan Dancheko show. And what I said on Sunday, stay tuned. This shit is just getting deep. Guarantee you when Joffe gets indicted, because that'll probably be the next person that gets indicted. You've got too many people involved in this. Or, uh, um, too many people being indicted. I shouldn't say too many. It's probably not enough. But what I'm, where I'm going with that is you're going to have these people start talking. Someone's going to start talking. Someone's going to say, especially this Joffe, like whatever Sussman did, if he just kind of passed information on, okay, Ivan Danchenko uh, facilitated situations to pass stuff from Steele dossier to, you know, um, you know, to the FBI, so on and so forth. They were all kind of like middlemen. This Joffe guy infiltrated the White House and a pri at, you know at the time a private citizen's home and then and then even more so the president of the United States love Trump hate Trump I don't give a shit I don't care if it's Biden I don't care if it's Obama this is wrong you're spying on your own president of the United States this isn't some president you're not spying on Putin you know this is ridiculous all in the guys to make up some bullshit to have four years full of bullshit. I mean, we had four years full of bullshit with Trump with all this Russian crap. And the whole time, he was right. He was telling you. I'm telling you, they're, they're trying to do this. They're trying to do that. And he was right. He was right the whole time. The sad thing is they fucking impeached him twice over this bullshit. And it was all lies. And someone's got to be held accountable. And I'm not talking about Sussman and Ivan Danchenko or even Joffe. 
we need the big fish. We need the big fish. You know what I'm saying? And I'm telling you, I think things are just starting to get heated up with this whole situation. And like I said on Sunday's show, it's a fluid story, and we'll talk more about it surely later, right? All right. I just want to touch on this just to prove to you guys how slow of a news day it is. So usually what I'll do is I'll go on Twitter to try and get away from the obvious news. You know, the when I mean, you know, you go on Fox, CNN, MSNBC, whatever, and it's all they all kind of tell talk about the same shit. They might have their versions of it, but whatever. So I'll go on Twitter just to kind of see if anyone's talking about something else. And it's crickets, my friend. So we got soccer. Um, we got happy birthday, J-Hope, whoever in the fuck that is. Uh, random acts of kindness day. You guys do that. Um, I'm not going to talk, read every one of these because, you know, Elvis, basketball, uh, cash apps, Yu-Gi-Oh! Master, Joy Behar, blah, blah, blah. Wordly. What the fuck is this Wordly? I see people talking about this all the time. What is that? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so, something did kind of click on me here. I was, and today, I guess a year ago today, Rush Limbaugh died. That was a shame. Uh, here it is, right here. Lou Dobbs. So, this is trending on Twitter. It's down the road. It's not like it's trending top of the line. It's like 17th, 18th on the, on the situation here, but. Uh, he, uh, Lou Dobbs, he's on uh, Fox. He says this. Um, he told Representative Matt Gates that he and Jim Jordan should be considered for Speaker of the House should the GOP retake the majority instead of Rep. Kevin McCarthy. Now, I personally don't have any kind of problem with that. Um, I, I'm Matt Gates, maybe I don't know, but definitely I wouldn't have a problem with Jim Jordan. Um, so here's a, a quick little interview with Dobbs and um, Matt Gates about this. My opinion that Kevin McCarthy wants to be speaker uh, when the Republicans win in November. Uh, it's outrageous. He is too much of a I, I'll be kind, if not rhino, a middle of the rotor. I personally believe him to be outright a, a rhino. Uh, and the, the party needs strength, it needs vision, it needs energy, vibrancy, and new blood in leadership. It's that simple. Could you be, could you be excited about a speaker, Jim Jordan? You bet I could be excited about Jim Jordan, as you well know. Uh, I, you know I think uh, highly of him, I think highly of you, I think you should be in there as well. Uh, I really believe that the, the, the brightest, hardest working conservative leaders we have in the House should be leading the House. And I believe most of the members would agree with me on that. And I, I 100% agree because Kevin McCarthy's a kook. He is, like, like Lou Dobbs says there, he is a rhino. At best, at best, he's middle of the road. But he's not. And I think even in the Senate, I think uh, fucking... Shit, what's his face? I can't just... I just had it and lost it. I had it. I had it all and I lost it. Uh, fucking A. The dude from Kentucky. I'm not not Rand Paul, but the other guy. McConnell. There you go. Just just clicked in my head. Just like that. McConnell. Needs to go. These are the kind of guys... Guys and gals, I should say. Uh, 
that get primaried, Liz Cheney's. These these people need to go away. If you're a Republican, you need a Boebert. You need a Matt Gates. You need a Jim Jordan. You need these loud, abrasive people to get up in someone's face because guess what? That's what Democrats do. Look at look at how much how loud the Democrats are. And and that gets them through. Look at look at AOC. Who the fuck is AOC? Right? She's not that pretty, but she's got such a following. It's insane. But she thinks she's the shit. And I don't think she is shit. She's dumb as a box of rocks, but she says all the right things. You you need that passion in the Republican Party. And and the Republican Party lacks it big time. All right, guys. And uh, that's all I got for y'all today. Like I said, sorry about Wednesday. Not sure if I'm going to do it tomorrow show, but your best bet is if you are whatever app you're listening to this on, if you're on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, uh, Podbean, Amazon, iHeart, random app that I don't know about, if you subscribe to the show, guys, you'll get updates of when I do a show. Um, now, normally I do Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, being today's Thursday, and I'm doing a show. I don't know that I'll do one tomorrow. I guess it really depends on if shit hits the fan. So we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but like I said, just please subscribe, share, and uh, tell your friends about this show, guys. We're growing just a little bit every day, every week. So with y'all's help, it's it's really helping. Also, don't forget to go to our website, don'ttreadonamerica.com. And from there, you can check out all our social media platforms and uh, subscribe to that. It's free. I don't charge you to subscribe to my website. It's free. Um, like us on Facebook, uh, follow me on Twitter, follow the show on Twitter. You can find all that information on the website, guys. Don't tread on America.com. And please, 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 please share this with your friends. And I will talk to you guys later. Have a great day.